What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Guys Who Cry podcast. A little bit of a different episode today. Adam is on vacation in Brazil, so I had to dig into my bag, dig into my bag of guest hosts, and uh, I was able to get my friend, one of my longest friends from his podcast, Between Two Studs. Ladies and gentlemen, Alex Studd. Ruben, it's uh, it's a pleasure to be on, on the show tonight. I'm Honor to be Adam's fill-in slash backup slash whatever you want to call me. Um, but I'm a big fan of the show and excited to be here. Yeah, first guest host, man. First guest host. I'm really excited. Guys, so Alex and I go way back. We've been friends for coming up on 18 years. I was going to say, we're, we're close to the two-decade mark. Two-decade mark. We'll have to do something big for a year 20 of our friendship. Uh, you guys have probably heard me talk about this friendship group where it was me, Cortland, our other friend Gabe and Alex, uh, we called ourselves the Diversity Squad because we were one of each color. But you know what's funny is that didn't happen until later when mm-hmm. others pointed it out to us. Because right. I think when we were really young, and by the way, I mean like 10, 11 years old and we're hanging out with each other. I don't think we instinctively said, oh, well, okay, we're checking the boxes. It was literally other people who was like, you guys are a weird group of people walking around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you it's know? crazy. Like, you know, we were kind of talking about it before we got on the air that how, I mean, at least I was telling you how much this friendship has kind of meant to me and how it really helped me become the person I am. Because Alex, you're one of the few people that can call me out on my crap. You're one of the <laughs> few people that do, actually. You're one of the few people that do call me out on my crap. So I thank you for that. Well, it, and it's funny. I was just listening to your episode. Uh, was that last week or the week before that? Where they were talking. Adam was talking about you. Was it was you and the two Adams? That was yeah, the but, episode. Yeah, yeah. And, I actually I actually shouted out your podcast. Yes, it was between two. Actually, guys, Adam Barnard is actually uh, one of Alex's guests. Green smelly dead guy. There's a whole story behind that name. Check out that episode. Insane story. But oh, anyway, well, I appreciate going. the plug. But no, what I was going to say is it was it was. I enjoyed listening to the episode because in that episode, uh, Adam, your co-host, was talking about how you have become that guy who who will just speak your mind, and and certainly I, it's it's not my credit to take by any means, but I I, I love that about you in that I've seen you blossom uh, from from being I, I don't want to call you timid, but I think you were trying to figure out your way in the world, and all of a sudden now, yeah, you you do call out people's bullshit. And I love it. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's crazy because like you you do have a lot. Uh, I mean you have a lot to do with that. It's it's crazy. So Alex, we're gonna steal a few things from your podcast just for this episode. Oh no, I wasn't expecting this. Okay, uh, go ahead. So we're gonna do a shot of Malort, which I'm sure you already have ready because I mean if you're in Chicago, I feel like it is next to your gun and knife. Is your bottle of Malort? You know, I don't even know if there's uh, any legal guns here in Chicago, but but um, you're absolutely right. Everyone next to your fire extinguisher has Malort handy. You never well, know when you might need cheers. it. Cheers! We're gonna do a quick cheers. Cheers! We're gonna take this shot real quick. And Ruben, I've heard you're making moves on getting a, a bar in Delaware to carry Malort. I'm Is trying. that true? I'm trying. I'm trying so hard. It's it's a hard sell. <laughs> if you can believe it. It's a hard sell. If you guys have never had Malort, which I can almost guarantee a good portion of our listeners haven't, it I've heard people tell me it tastes like everything from battery acid uh to straight rubbing alcohol. And I know there's something about it. Uh it just, you know makes you feel like a man, which is kind of funny that we're talking about it on this podcast because we talk about the non-stereotypical things about being a man on this show. But but, uh, but you know what's interesting, though, is uh, I know people who don't actually like the taste of Malort, but they will keep it uh, at home in Chicago for one reason, when they have an upset stomach. It's very medicinal, very herbal, which is why I think a lot of people don't like the taste of it. It has a very, like, earthy quality, mm-hmm. which, which, you know, I think, like, it's funny, my brother Ron... Uh, loves it and i think the reason my brother ron loves it and loved it immediately was because he lived in singapore for a time and so he really drinks a lot of teas um and he, he goes through the whole traditional ceremony with teas he's he's really into it but my point is like he's really into like a very earthy flavor 
And if you if you're into that, then I think you're gonna love Malort. But most people from Western, you know, United States are, yeah. are gonna be like, no, this tastes terrible. Well, it's funny <laughs> you say that because I think like my biggest description of it, I tell people, I was like, it is the definition of when people say it'll cure what ails you. Yes. Like when like, you know, it is like the old time you and doctors used to prescribe cocaine. You know what I mean? Like those kind of days. <laughs> They would have probably given you a shot of my lord back then <laughs> or something similar to this liqueur because I'll tell you what, man, it, 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 there's something about it. You just keep going back. It's like that. It's like that really terrible girlfriend. You don't know why you can't keep going back to them, but you keep doing it. Keep doing it. <laughs> so Alex, this has been a big year for you, man. Like, so you're officially married, but yes. I, mean, I mean, let's be honest, you and your wife were pretty much already doing everything but uh, i mean this is pretty much just it being official at this point right yeah i mean it, it was certainly it was certainly a weird year for everybody uh but you know when you're planning a wedding it it it's a whole nother ball game right because you're you're planning this giant event that is not just about you i mean you would think it would be, but of course it's not, right? You're you're thinking about the 180 plus guests or whatever at your at your wedding, and you want to make sure they have a good time, but more importantly that they feel comfortable and safe. And so we had to move our wedding date three times, and it was just like, okay, this is ridiculous. Um, and so what we ended up doing is, yes, we're having our celebration this July, July 2021. But we got legally married back in September, uh, and we just went to the courthouse uh, and and did that whole thing. And you know, certainly when you're growing up, uh, even as a guy, you're not you're not thinking, well, that's the way I wanted to get married is mm -hmm. in, in a in a courthouse. And literally, it was one of those like it wasn't even like an old like traditional courthouse. It was like one of those like modern ones. It's like you have to go through a metal detector and. You know, all, all that. It wasn't very romantic at all, but you're like, all right, well, the world uh, has to move on uh, during a pandemic, right? Like, right. not everyone's <laughs> life can just be on pause. Yeah. Well, it's it. So, would you do you think like that took? I mean, I'm really curious about like the mental ramifications. Like, you know, I'm sure like this is something that Hannah has probably thought about for years and years right. and years. And it had to keep being pushed. Now, obviously, like, you know, Hannah has a lot going on. And, you know, how did she kind of deal with that? You know, it's it's really tough because, you know, from my point of view first, and then I'll explain hers. You know, like, I'm, I, I wouldn't describe myself as a super romantic kind of guy. But at the same time, you know, every guy who's worth his his weight, you know, wants to make it a special day for his wife. And so, you know, we had this whole plan. It was going to be uh, downtown Pittsburgh. Oh, that's where we we're going to get married. And that's where she's from. And it was going to be a really nice, wonderful weekend. We were actually going to get married on Labor Day weekend. And it was like a great, like, hey, for people who've never been to Pittsburgh, like, this is a really cool town. And, you know, it was we were going to get married in a really elegant ballroom. And we were really excited about it. And I wanted to give her that day. And then when all of a sudden you're you're basically in a situation where you say, I can't give you that. Like like Hannah deserves that. I can't give you that. And in a weird way, it kind of makes you feel like a failure as a guy, even mm. though like clearly I had nothing like I had no control over the right, situation. Right. But I still I still felt like, man, like, isn't that part of my responsibility is, is to help make that day special for my wife. So I think there's a little bit of a gut check for me. Mm -hmm. uh, I think for Hannah, I think what we had to learn over time is what did we want versus what did we really need? You know what I mean? Like, right. I think you assess that there's certain things that you say, Oh, it'd be great if, um, if this could happen and, and, you know, it'd be really nice if, if the person here came out of here and, you know, and then we had these desserts and whatever. And then over time, especially if we have to move it and we've changed our venues from being indoors to outdoors, uh, we've had to change a lot of things, as you can imagine. And you, and then you start realizing, well, what is actually the most important thing? And at the end of the day, the most important thing is a, a safe, environment, fun environment, and everyone feeling comfortable and celebrating 
uh, you know, uh, the marriage and the life of two people. So it, it's interesting though, because we're having this celebration and obviously you're going to be there and you're a big part of it. Um, but in a, in a way it's not really a wedding, right? It's, it's like the celebration of said wedding because sure. we already got married. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I think at the end of the day, we've just had to, we've had to change our expectations and maybe that isn't the most romantic thing in the world, but uh, it is what it is. <laughs> it's interesting, like what you brought up, because like I never really thought about it. Just like what that did to you mentally, because like I never really thought about it, man. Like I never even thought to ask you that question. <laughs> like say, hey, man, like how did this affect you? Because like that is kind of crazy. I think we always think about, you know, obviously, ninety nine percent of the wedding is all about her, right? It's all about her, what she wants, right? But like there is a certain amount, like you are you want to give this to her because that's your wife this well you want to spend the rest of your life with it is kind of interesting um and i'm glad you asked because you know from the moment we got engaged everyone was like oh yeah it's all about the wife it's all about hannah's day and of course like that's a wonderful thing but it's funny because in our society i feel like we've come a long way with with um you know, gender norms and gender stereotypes, but that's one that I feel like is as strong now as it ever was, mm -hmm. right? Like no one ever, like, like people would say to my face, this isn't about you, Alex. And it's like, well, I'm, I'm not the type that's overly <laughs> sensitive about that, but like, what do you mean? It's not about me at all. Like my, it was, I was basically told by people, like my feelings are irrelevant to the wedding. And of course, Hannah didn't feel that way. Right. Hannah doesn't feel that way. But there were people who who more or less, whether they were being serious or whether they were joking, like that was that was they, they said it. And um it's just kind of interesting because it's like, you know, when you talk about this show and you talk about, well, and and that's I love this show because you're talking about a lot of gender norms and, and saying, well, you know what? A guy can be romantic. A guy can, as a boy, look forward to getting married and, and waiting for his wife to walk down the aisle. But somehow that isn't masculine. That, that isn't, um, it's, that isn't important. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's funny you say that. Cause like, I actually have a playlist on my Spotify account that <laughs> when I like have people in my car, I'm like, Oh, this is like my playlist of like potential wedding songs. <laughs> Like, yeah. like I have songs on that playlist that it's like, oh, this is the song I have in my mind that like I would love for my wife to walk down the aisle. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. You but know, for some like, reason, I'm sure you get people who give you kind of like weird looks for that. Well, the women that are in my car think it's super sweet and romantic. Uh, I don't really tell my guy friends because, you know, you, know, you don't <laughs> want to be judged. <laughs> but it is interesting because like I never really thought about that that view of it because you know we are taught at a very young age that like marriage is all about her all about what she wants we even have the term bridezillas you don't hear the term groomzillas ever it's true and, I and i'm sure they exist i'm sure they exist you know especially now with like same-sex marriage and stuff like i'm sure one of the grooms is a little bit more serious about the wedding than the other you know and like yeah i'm sure it exists but yeah i, I guess we never really think i mean i've never really thought about the the male side of it so that's super interesting you know well it'll happen to you at some point <laughs> some point hopefully <laughs> fingers crossed uh you know i love you and 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 hannah's kind of trajectory when it comes to your relationship right so talk about like when you met because you met after how long after you moved from delaware to boston did you guys meet yeah so uh i graduated in 2013 lived in Delaware for about a year and then I moved in the summer of 2014 and I literally met her three months after I moved. And how did you meet her? Was it through friends? Was it through Tinder, Hinge, any of those? Apps? It, it was at a bar and I overheard her mentioned to somebody that she was from Pennsylvania. And I just assumed everyone from Pennsylvania is from the Philadelphia area, right? There's no other part of Phil Pennsylvania. <laughs> It's just Philadelphia and that's it. So, you know, be before you know it, we actually are chatting and she's from the other side of the state. We get, you know, before you know it, it's like, oh, she, she had just moved a month before. So she was even newer wow. to Boston than I was. And so then it just became an opportunity to like, oh, well, do you want to get to know the city together? Um, 
and that was really that was really the the origin. Um, and we lived together for, or sorry, we we lived in Boston and explored together for I think three years. And then one day she says to me, she says, you know, I'm kind of kind of done with Boston. Like I'm kind of like I, I love it, but I'm ready for the next thing. And there was that point where I was like, okay, well, where am I on this, right? And and am I willing to have my decision influenced by? her right like how th there is that like point where mm -hmm. you're like oh well am i gonna am i gonna follow her am i gonna go with her and you know in the end i was i was too i, I accepted I, I was i knew boston wasn't gonna be me forever i knew it was a it was a chapter it was a stopgap right yeah exactly and i love boston and it'll always be a special place for us and in fact the i place proposed, you went, oh, you're right yeah right in fact i proposed to to her there um, but she was like, I really like this program at the University of Texas uh, in Austin. And I was like, all right, let's move to Austin. And, you know, she was willing to move in with me right then and there, like get a place together in Austin. And I, I, I wanted to say yes, but part of me also said, you know what? I'm worried we're going to move to a city together. We don't know anybody else, and we're not going to get to know anybody else because we're, we're going to be strictly relying on each other. And so I was like, you know what? I think it would be good for us to live apart for that first year. And we did. And actually, I'm very thankful, even though from an economic standpoint, you'd say, I'm oh, moving together. Um, but it ended up giving us an opportunity where like, we established our own lives. right? Like We met people mm -hmm. independently. And then we moved in together the second year and she graduated and now we're in Chicago uh, and we have a condo together. So yeah, I guess we've been together six or seven, six or seven years. And and how yeah. long after you guys started dating, did you kind of figure, Oh, this is someone I'm probably going to get married to. You know, it, it's tough because I, and you and I've talked about this. I think when you're 30, like you are, I think you might be thinking about that more quickly into a relationship. And I don't mean to be like non-romantic in what I'm about to say, but like I was 22, she was 21, basically 22. Yeah. You were a boy. She was a girl. Can you yeah, get more obvious? And, you know? and well, but it's like, <laughs> Oh, well we're, we're in Boston. We don't really know anybody else. Let's explore this city together. And like I, I liked her immediately, but I think you're at a stage where it's just like ah, I'm just out of college, I'm just having fun, and here's someone I met who also wants to have fun. And it probably wasn't until a little bit later than you would, you know. The, the, of course, the 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 classic romantic would say, "Oh, love at first sight, Ruben. Love at right. first sight." I mean, I knew yeah. immediately. Okay. I knew heavy immediately. Heavy eye roll, heavy eye roll, right? I knew immediately. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I, that wasn't really it, but all of a sudden it was like, wow, like. This is someone that I'd be willing to move across the country with. And not only that, but I placed my faith in her. I mean, what if, what if, mm -hmm. God forbid, what if we had moved to Austin, Texas, she breaks up with me, and now all of a sudden I'm in a city by myself and I moved there for no other reason, <laughs> right? Like, see, something that you just said, you were so scared of her breaking up with you. You never even once considered I could break up with her. That's true. That's true. Actually, that, and maybe that's that's a clear. That's got to be a sin. That and, and like, yeah, I can see that being like a clear sense of like, man, that's this is terrifying. This is a terrifying move because I don't want to move all the way across, not all the way across the country, but like, I don't want to move somewhere for a woman and then like all of a sudden I'm not with this woman. And it's funny because like I worked with a guy who dated a girl for three months and moved to California with her. And oh. he was like, I made the mistake of letting someone move because I thought I didn't want to move with her. So I'm not going to make that mistake again. Now, fast forward, they're married. They have a great relationship. They're in California. Mm -hmm. They're mm -hmm. awesome. I just think it's so interesting that you just said that. I mean, like, I I can't even begin to imagine, like, the fears you, you probably had. Maybe not even you not really even thinking about it, you know? It's it's definitely a, a a little a little scary to think about, and and what was even what's even scarier now to think about though, because I'm so happy to be with her, uh, is what if I had said, oh, moving halfway across the country that's that's too much of a jump. I don't I don't want to make that jump. Right. I don't want to make that commitment. I'm going to stay here in Boston, 
uh, and inevitably what if we had broken up and, and where would I be today? So it, it is interesting because it was scary to go, but sometimes it's scary to think, what if I had said, right. no? what if I had stayed? Well, it's funny you say that. Cause like Adam went through a breakup where, um, you know, the girl went back to her home country and, you know, he dealt with that. And I remember that's one of the things I told him. I said, you know, maybe this is just a lesson for you that next time you feel this way about a person that like, you don't just immediately dismiss it because she's moving somewhere or she's going somewhere that you, mm. it won't be as easy or whatever. Like, and it's so interesting to think about that. Like the what if scenarios, <laughs> man, they, oh, can, yeah. they are terrible, right? Like it's, it's the, uh, for me, it's the Wikipedia effect, right? Where all of a sudden you really start going down a rabbit hole. And uh, sometimes it's fun to entertain for a moment, but my recommendation is not to dwell on it too much or you're going to go crazy. Yeah. Yeah, man. Cause I mean, you know, I'm 30 now and I'm single and I had to get to this. I feel like I needed to go. I mean, Alex, I, I think I, I referenced you on last week's episode because I think I said, uh, you know, you ask Alex, he'll say that the girls I'm into were, <laughs> were very, uh, they had a lot of baggage. <laughs> oh yeah. And I validated that. I, I remember texting Adam Bernard after I heard the podcast episode and it was true, but I think, you know, you have, you are someone that has really been grounded. I think in the last year or two, maybe COVID in a weird way, um, aside from all the tragedy, right. And, and that's a real thing, but I think it, um, on a personal level, I think it's been very good for your development and your creativity. I mean, you starting this podcast is a good example of that. Uh, and you've done your cooking show, which I'm excited to see have you talked about that on your show at all i haven't but we'll get to that a little bit later um but yeah you know it was funny because like you say that and like i remember feeling bad telling people you know oh quarantine was great for me because i got to and i use this word i use this word actually on a date the other day i said oh i got to exploit some of these other talents that i had <laughs> That's not the word to use, Ruben. <laughs> you got to take advantage. Of, advantage, well, that's, yeah. No, that's, that's not a good word either. At the end of the day, though, like, don't lie to me. How many hours a week were you working in the restaurant world? Oh, I, oh 60, man. 70? Yeah, I mean, up, upwards of 60, you know, on a bad week, it'd be 60, 75. You know what I mean? Like, and I was married to my career. I mean, I missed out on so many things. I missed out on so many you know, get togethers with the guys and like, cause I was working and I tell people like, I took this job in a corporate in environment so I can finally do what I want to do, which is like yeah. weird to say. Right. Cause like we're taught from a young age. Oh, you know, if you love what you do for work, you'll never work a day in your life. And it's like, well, that's <laughs> bull crap. Like, like, I mean, Alex, can you honestly tell me like what you're doing is like, you know, is it like your passion? Do you love to do it? No, right? It's like no. I mean, but but you, you, at the end of the day, you try to find something that brings you some type of so it, it's it's rewarding in whatever sense. But of course, just because something can be rewarding in some sense doesn't mean you would do it for free, right? And and I think at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. And I, I look at you though, and when you were working for for how many years, sixty to seventy hours a week, and you certainly have the battle scars to to show it, right? Um, how do you have an opportunity to really let loose of the creative juices that are flowing through you? Because you are one of the most creative people I know, right? You've always had an interest in stand-up, uh, in music, in cooking, uh, and and you know, this is th these are outlets that you don't have much time to delve into when you're working the amount of hours that you are so here covid shows up and of course it's a tragedy but i i do think we will come away from this years from now where a lot of people will say well what was your big break you know when we talk to celebrities 10 years from now what was your big break and they're gonna say you know what i was working as a waitress or whatever and i got laid off it was a horrible thing and guess what I had to reflect on how to, instead of reflecting on what do I do tomorrow to survive, you started thinking about what do I need to do to be satisfied in 30 years from now. Right. And, and a lot of people don't have that luxury, but sometimes you're forced to be put into that luxury. 
right? When you're laid off from your job and there's no open jobs available because everyone's laying people off. I do think there's going to be a research, a, a huge influx of people that we're going to be talking to in 20 years from now, 10 years from now. And they're like, what happened? How did you, how did your career take off? I 100% agree. I, I got laid off or, or something happened to me during COVID. And that was the changing point in the same way. And I know this isn't a fair comparison, but uh, a lot of people were directly influenced from 9-11, right? Mm-hmm. When that happened, right? A lot of people went into the military or a lot of people changed or quit their Wall Street job. And they were like, I'm going to I'm gonna move out to LA. I'm going to try to be a comedian. I'm going to try to do something. I think it's just an opportunity to, when horrible things happen, it's an opportunity sometimes for people to look in a mirror. And I think you're a really good example of someone who who did that in a positive way. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that because it was definitely tough, right? I mean, but you have all that time alone. And I I mean, that's how Adam and I got reconnected was because of COVID. That's how this podcast came about because Adam and I got reconnected because of COVID. Um, You know, I was seeing someone that we had, we were mutual friends and I had known Adam since I was like 23 but we'd only seen each other maybe like two times since then. And then this happened and we kind of got, you know, reconnected. Um, I am curious though, like when quarantine hit and all that stuff happened, how did you and Hannah deal with that? Like you went from doing your work and her going to school and everything to just being around each other 24 seven. How did that affect your relationship? (laughs) It's a tough adjustment because, you know, I was going downtown every day. Uh, Hannah was going up to Evanston every day, which is the most northern suburb of Chicago. And it was kind of like we got together for dinner and we'd watch a movie. And like that's that was it was sort of like your stereotypical like husband, wife without kids situation. And all of a sudden it's like I go downstairs to get coffee during after my nine o'clock meeting and Hannah's hanging out there. Right. And by hanging out, like she could be reading something for her because she's a PhD student. Uh, she could be reading an article or whatever. But all of a sudden, I'm like, whoa, what are you doing here? Oh, yeah. And there's a pandemic going on and we're both stuck here. Um, and we live in the city. And let's just say we didn't buy this condo thinking we would be living here 24 hours a day mm-hmm. uh, during the height of COVID. I mean, you've been at this place. It's 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 decently sized, but... Um, I don't think was meant to be our entire habitat, our entire life, especially because you had to keep in mind what, what, what compounds everything, Ruben, is we don't have a car, right? right. We can't, we, we live in the city during the height of COVID. We didn't want to get on the subway and we didn't want to get on the public buses. So it's like, okay, well, you are literally confined to your condo and your neighborhood where you can walk to. So it was an adjustment. I mean, I think <laughs> I probably pissed Hannah off a whole bunch. She's got a lot. <laughs> she's got a, a lot of patience, and you know, over time, that you get used to it, right? But I, I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if we if we find out after COVID that as another repercussion, there was a, a lot of divorces that right. occurred. I hope that doesn't happen, but it wouldn't surprise me. Well, it's also something to think about, right? Like I, funny enough, I was. <laughs> I know like you're talking about me and Adam being in the paper for our podcast. I was actually just in the paper this past weekend uh, because there was an article about uh, dating in a post COVID world. Oh yeah. And uh, you know, I interviewed with the, with the writer for that. And it's so funny. Like it's like the first line of the, it, it says Newark's Newark, Delaware's Ruben Denaudi. And I was like, Oh, this is so crazy. Right. And it's like, and it was talking about how like I've had to readjust. Right. Like, uh, actually, it's funny when I was visiting you for our birthday, for me and Cortland's birthday. Uh, I think I told you I matched with a girl on Tinder out there. Yes. And she was in Chicago visiting a friend, but she was actually from Rhode Island. And when she went back to Rhode Island, like, all right, well, let's have a virtual date. And <laughs> I said, hey, like, I'll send you Thai food via Grubhub. I'll go pick up Thai food. We'll have a little oh, Thai food date. I didn't. That's cool. So you were eating the same cuisine. Right. And See, I'm so like, can I, I don't mean to interrupt the story, but like, I'm so out of the loop on 
COVID dating policy. Dude, That's it's fascinating. They, but there wasn't even like a policy, right? Like right. It's, you have to think about like one of the things I said was like, you know, you have to think, is this a person I could be quarantined with for upwards of three to five months? Like that was insane. Like that was insane to be confined to my house for almost five months. Finding any reason I would literally get out of my house. And I would walk to the Royal Farms, which is two miles away, and walk back just to get out of the house. For sure. And, I, and like, like quarantine walks became like a phrase, a thing. And uh-huh. like, it's funny, like you say that, like, I was just curious, like, how did that bring? I mean, I'm assuming it brought you guys closer together, probably more than ever. I think so. But I think there was an adjustment because mm-hmm. when you when you get a condo together, you're not thinking like I forever am going to be working remote and she forever is, is, is going to be uh, um, here as well, compounded by all the horror that you're hearing in the news, right? People are dying and, you know, it was, it was really tragic this past summer. Uh, and then obviously all of the, the protests that were going on as well. Right. And so it was just like a very scary time. And you're like, all right, this is my one person that I have. Um, and, and in a weird way, it's like, this is the only person that I can truly trust, uh, because anyone else in the outside world, for all I know, they're a carrier of COVID, right? So like, this is the one person that, you know, it's like, well, I'm the only person they've seen and vice versa. So, uh, I think it brings you closer together, but there's definitely, uh, some bickering along the way as, as inevitably when you're dealing with Alex stud 24 hours a day. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely uh, that's a that's a commitment, man, to deal with Alex Tud twenty four you know, hours a day. I feel confident. I can barely deal with it for like two hours. I, listen, I can barely deal with myself for two hours. So, <laughs> you know, if, the fact that Hannah dealt with me uh, twenty four hours a day all of last year, I feel confident she's not going to leave me. Well, like something you told me about her <laughs> is that she is somebody like we we just said it on this podcast episode. She's somebody that's willing to call you out. Totally. And you told me how important that was to you. Totally. I think, you know, when when one of the most important things you and I've chatted a lot about when 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 you're someone who says I'm ready to get back out in the dating scene, you need to stop for a second and thinking about um well, I just want to have somebody. You need to stop and for a second and say, well, what do I need the the yin and the yang situation? Like I know certain guys who have no direction in this world. I love them to death. You know these people too. And they're they're just like they're out in the stars. Yeah. And they need a woman that will ground them. And they need a woman who will quite frankly yell at them. Now I don't like that kind of uh I, I don't I don't I don't deal with yelling, right? That doesn't work for me. But I know there are some guys who it's like that's how I operate. Like I need someone who's gonna really ground me. And I know like for me, I needed a woman who was gonna be independent, right? Who could do her own thing, but also call me out on my bullshit. Because a lot of people for whatever reason, and you've seen it, I don't know if they just say Alex is a lost cause, I'm not gonna waste my time. Or if they're intimidated by me, or I, I don't, I don't know. But there are people who just like would just go with anything I'd say, and it's like, well, no, I need someone to give me pushback. I need someone who's going to say, no, you're wrong, and here's why you're wrong. Like I'm going to be constructive. I'm not going to be a jerk about it, but like I disagree with you, and I needed someone like that for me, and that's Hannah to a T. Um, so I, I think that's the biggest thing, right? Like everyone has to figure out in a partner. What compliments them? Because what compliments me is going to be very different from what compliments you. Right. And like, speaking of that, like, you know, I'm 30 now. I have dated. You've dated the whole spectrum, I would think. I have dated the gamut, man. I've, I've been through the gauntlet when it comes to dating. And uh, it's it's brought me to this point where like, I do know what I want. And yeah. I, I there's also a lot that I am willing to work with. I'm not saying like, you know, there's a certain type of woman that I'm looking for, but like, there is a certain sen- sentiment of saying like, I know what I want and I know what I'm willing to compromise to be yep. with a relation, to be with a woman. Well, cause there and will I, be, there will be compromise 100%. 100%, right? Like I don't mind like working and like, cause it's, 
I, to meet someone that meets 100% of your expectations is just not going to happen. And we've also talked about this whole notion of, quote unquote, the one. Well, uh, I was going to ask you, I know you and I have talked offline about this. I don't know if it's something you've talked about on your show. No. Really. But I, I think I think that whole fantasy, that whole Disney, the one idea, I think is – I think it's dangerous. Because I think it sets people up for this idea that, um, oh my God, like what if I miss that one person? Like, like well, I, yeah. I, I, I did something and now they're gone forever. And I just don't think it's it's realistic to think like that. And I think it's it's actually I think it's dangerous, as I said, to be thinking like that. Well, looks let's let's look at okay. Here's a great example, right? Cinderella. Sure. Okay. One of the things that always annoyed me about Cinderella is that there wasn't one other person in this town with her shoe with her shoe size? Only one. She had a very Only strange one shoe, shoe. Yeah. She had like the the like that was it. Like I, I think that's like to me I think, it's like wouldn't that story have been a lot better if all of a sudden it was just like one of the random girls who were there it's like oh yeah and then they ended up happy and ever after and Cinderella yeah, had to and go Yeah, and it's like well that was supposed to be me. <laughs> I mean and like to me it's like you're using the shoe like are you serious you weren't struck away by her beauty that you would recognize her if you saw her right like, come on prince charming come on bro you know totally totally but i i think it sets up this expectation that like oh well if i don't hit the hit it off with this person immediately then something's wrong or something's wrong with me and you know <laughs> I, I think you and i chatted about this when we were teenagers it's like listen there's seven billion people on this planet the odds that if even if there were one person that's best for you, best for you, odds are that person doesn't even speak the same language as you. Sure. Right? So at the end of the day, and I'm sorry if this doesn't sound romantic, but it's all about, first of all, finding out what you need to better yourself. Because whoever you find should make you a better person. And vice yeah. versa, whoever you end up being with, you, sh you should make them a better person. But then it's all about fi filling in the gaps for one another, right? Like there, as you can probably tell by this, for the listeners, I talk a lot. <laughs> Hannah is definitely a little bit more introverted than me, but she keeps me grounded. She 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 does a really good job of saying, all right, Alex, cut it off, right? And she does it very, very – like we could be on a, a group date, you and me, Ruben, with our prospective girls, and – Hannah would without without you even noticing would kind of signal to me like all right cut it back Alex and I don't take it as an insult I take it as thanks for letting me know and a lot of people wouldn't otherwise do that in friends included they wouldn't they wouldn't feel comfortable telling me in a in a group setting hey Alex shut up right I mean on Armchair Expert, which is uh, Dak Shepard's podcast, which is yeah. one of my favorite podcasts, uh, he talked about it pretty early on, how like he doesn't necessarily think Kristen is the one, um, his his wife, who's a very famous actress. Um, he just said she met a lot of these qualities that like made me think, like I'm willing to work through a lot of stuff to be with this woman. And it really made me kind of rethink the way I thought. Because like, I've, you know, I have always been very open about the women I date. Um, I'm obviously a very religious person. Um, and that was always kind of something that's very important to me. But I have dated women that are atheists. I've dated women that weren't religious at all. Um, and it was one of those things that like, yeah, you know what? I'm willing to kind of work. I'm willing to kind of see what else is out there. Because to really hone in on one type of woman is, I think it's going to cause you way more stress than not. However... I think that's that's all true, but most people do have at least one or two non-negotiables. Sure. And I don't think you should feel bad about that. I don't think you should. However, I do think you need to be very upfront with that because mm -hmm. there are certain things that you're not going to change your mind on. And, and like, for example, I have no idea. We've never talked about this before, but like, you get married. Do you expect your girl to take your last name? Uh, it doesn't matter what the answer is, but if you felt very passionately one way or the other, well, I don't think you should feel guilty about that. But when you are with a girl very early on, you should have that conversation because at the end of the day, you're not going to convince her. She's not going to convince you. 
so that is something when I was in my early dating stages, I would make note of that pretty early on. There's a lot of things you're willing to make compromises on, and you absolutely should. But there are some things that are probably non-negotiable. Sure. Children is another one. You know, if you said, I want to I wanna have children someday, and a woman said, uh, I don't, under zero circumstance will I have children, and you find that out on date two, why would you want to keep dating for another three years? And, and it's going to end in three years. And why did it end in three years? Oh, because I wanted to have kids and she didn't. Well, that, right. was, that was discussed on date two. Right. And a lot of people aren't willing to have those thoughts. Or right? they kick right. the can. They kick the can and they say, we'll deal with that later. But guess what? You can only kick the can so far. And then mm. you have to deal with it. And guess what? The heartbreak is that much worse. Heartbreak, man. It, it's, man, it, it, yeah. I, I, it's funny. Like, I do have a couple non negotiables, but everyone does. Everyone does. And I think that's okay. I think I even said that to my friend the other day. I was talking to her on the phone. I was like, at some point, I was like, it's okay that relationships don't work out, especially when you're my age. I think we need to stop with this whole notion of why it didn't work out. Right. And I said, I was like, it needs to, Beneath, and I hate using this term normalize because like, you know, let's normalize this. Let's normalize that. But like, I do kind of want to normalize saying, hey, not every relationship is going to work out. And guess what? That's okay. And it's not always someone's fault. Right. Like, It's why just reality. To- it's reality. I've tried to have this conversation. I was telling you about that girl that I just had to break up with. And like, I, I, every, I, I told her, like, I just feel like we aren't at the same point in our lives. Yep. Right. Well, and in that particular instance, it was definitely an age factor. It was definitely a stage in life factor where what you're looking for and what she's looking for are just different. And there's nothing you or her can do about right. that. Like I would never ask someone who is in a master's program to make school any less of a priority for me. And I told her that I was like, that's that's what you should be doing. I was like, I'm just at a point in my life where I kind of want to be a little bit more of a priority to the woman that I'm dating. I was like, yep. that's not your fault. And that's okay. And I kept trying to say that. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it it's very hard for people to get to that point. Huh? I think so. I think people feel, maybe they feel that if you've been on a couple dates, it's like, well, I need to see this through. And I, I, I think that only sets yourself up for more failure and more heartbreak. Oh, yeah. It's like, well, no, I'd rather I'd rather get this figured out early and you know, you can at least end on respectable terms. Yeah. I don't know. You've been you're you're still in the dating world. You're in a world that I have no understanding of anymore. The world has changed. Oh, my gosh. The world I, I mean, I didn't even think about I you're gonna laugh at me. I didn't think about the whole well, I'm going to order you Grubhub and I'm going to like, I didn't even think about that. Like, let's both have Thai food separately from one another. You got to have, you got to be creative nowadays, Alex. You got to be creative. Do you, do, uh, now, let me ask you another question. Like, would you be like, all right, we're going to both start the same movie on Netflix at the same time? Uh-huh. Three, it's funny, that was in the two, article. one, uh-huh. and you started the article with that same girl on a different date. We watched Heavyweights together. Which is a fantastic movie. Great movie. You and I watched uh, during our wonderful Monday night movie nights, which oh, is me... which which was a gang. Our group of friends. We'd always watch on Monday nights. We'd always we'd always so do many that. great, so many great. Well, so let me ask you, let me ask you a dumb question. So, would you you're watching Heavy Whites or whatever movie you're watching? Um, you both hit play at the same time. One of you has to go to the bathroom. I assume you're on the phone the whole time, or what? what, what Zoom, how, yeah, Zoom. You're Skype, on Zoom, that kind of thing. And so you just say, "Hey, let's let's both pause it at the same time," and then and then you hit pause, and then you go to the bathroom, and then you come back. Hey, resume. Yeah, and then we also like talk through because I'm a movie talker. I like. Oh, to, I am too. I am too. I, I I I like to make commentary while I'm watching the movie. What about what about making some popcorn? Do you say, "Hey, hey, I sent you a bag of popcorn." You know that's... what? I never really got that far. Uh, I feel like that's a little. Oh, I sent you a Go Puff order. <laughs> There's gonna be some Cheetos and and some uh, Buble. Right, I was gonna say, you're gonna send, some, send some dessert at the end of the meal. 
you know i i I, it was crazy man like this this whole kind of dating scene is just it's ever changing like these apps are providing this terrible distraction and you know well, let me ask you, because I know we're running out of time, but let me ask you one last question, because I'm fascinated about your perspective being in the dating world. Um, do you think this whole, like, the first date, so to speak, is virtual? Do you think that will outlive COVID? Uh, I think so, man. I think it provides kind of a safe space, too. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a safer way to meet up, right? It's like a safer way to see if this person's real. Because well, guess what? And you guess don't want to go to the person, bar. You right. get stood up. And it, and it, guess what? If that person isn't cool, easily just dis, disconnect. Right? Yeah. And it's like, oh, hey, look, this isn't working out. I think it's kind of cool. I, I do really like it, actually. Like, you know, that girl was awesome. And honestly, like, we're still in contact. She's actually going to be going to school to umbc which is not that far away so we might actually get to meet up in person here soon which which we're actually trying to plan um but it's but it's insane right like who would have thought for me going like this this is the world we're in right who would have thought that i would have matched with a girl out in chicago who actually lived in rhode island but is going to be moving two hours away from me could you imagine trying to explain that to somebody 20 years ago saying, I, I, I never met this person in person, but through my phone, yeah. <laughs> I was, I was notified of somebody else in the area who was also interested in seeing somebody else. And neither of us were from said area. Right. That's- I remember I matched with this girl on Bumble, which is, Bumble is this app, Alex, where... I'm familiar. It's where the girl is... The girl she messages has, you first. Yeah. She has full control, essentially. Yes. Yes. I matched with this girl on Bumble who was a flight attendant. Yes. Okay. And we started messaging back and forth. And for some reason, we exchanged emails. You became so, like pen pals. Yeah. So she's literally in my phone today as Fly Girl. Yeah. Uh, which is a reference to the movie You've Got Mail. She has that, you know, and in my head, I, I romanticize this thing so much. I was like, oh my gosh, I would tell girls about it. They're like, you can make your emails like the centerpieces. <laughs> they were like planning out this like fake wedding. And I was like, oh my gosh. Oh me, my gosh. You know, you brought up one of the greatest chick flicks of all time. And I know we're running low on time, but I have to ask, have you and Adam on your show? Because I've listened to a lot, but not all. Have you had an episode where we talked about your favorite chick flicks? No, that's that's a great, great episode idea. So I don't want to steal the thunder of that show, but can you give me... Oh, we'll give you credit. Give me... Well, but I was going to say, can you give me one of your favorites right now outside of She's Got Mail? Okay, I'll give you one right now. A Walk to Remember, which is arguably one of the biggest chick flicks of all time. You know... I'm not going to lie. That's the new one with Lady Gaga, right? No. <laughs> no. A Walk to Remember is the one with Mandy Moore and Shane West. Wait, wait what's, the, what's, the, what's the one with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga? <laughs> oh, um, with that song Shallow. I don't, I, don't know what that, I don't know what that movie is. Hold on. Look it up. You can, you can, you can edit this out, but I want to know. Because I haven't seen it. Oh, we're not going to edit this part out because I want to know what it is too. You're going to be my Jamie. I'm Joe Rogan. A, a star, star is, born. is born. And I haven't seen it, but you know what? Can I say this? I really think Lady Gaga is incredibly talented. Oh, 100%. She's awesome. I really respect Lady Gaga a lot. Um, but that's a that's a I haven't seen either. So So yeah, a walk to remember. Um and honestly, I don't really care about spoilers at this point because it's from like 2002 or something like that. Uh, pretty much it's just a love story, obviously. We talk about chick flicks. And Mandy Moore gets cancer. Oh, my God. She she passes away by the end of the movie, but like, oh. they have this whole relationship. And I remember crying. I was at home alone. Ruben, I can't I was, believe you ruined it. It's only been 17 years. It's only been 20 years almost. And it's like it's such, a good, it's such a good movie. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Uh, I, I, I do like chick flicks. You There's should... actually a new one on Netflix that I recommend to everybody, and it's called Always Be My Maybe, mm. which is fantastic. 
fantastic. It's just a great movie in general. Last question of the evening. And you can edit this out if you don't want it. But, you know, how do you feel as a guy? You're in your, you're 30 years old, you're single, but you feel, I mean, you are a confident man. You know who you are and you know what you want. You have a great career with lots of options, side projects. You know, there's been a lot of movies and TV shows that have had this idea that, like, oh, well, if you're single, and I'm single, and we're both single by the time we're 35 or 40. Let's get together. Do, do you think that is – like, what, what's your response to, to that whole Oh, that's so thing? dumb. Especially now that I'm 30, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, 35 isn't even that far away. 40 isn't even that far away. Like, like why even have that contingency plan? What's the point? But people That's do. all it is, right? I know. Apparently. I don't – I don't know. I, I I don't know how often that actually happens. If you're 60 and I'm 60 and we're both single, let's just adopt a baby. You know, like one of those <laughs> things. Like, I don't think that would ever really happen. Alex, thanks you so much for being on your show. Can you quickly plug your show and just kind of give us a quick synopsis of what Between Two Studs is about? Totally. Yeah, I know. And I, I appreciate you letting me on your show. This has been a lot of fun. Between Two Studs, uh, Two D's, S-T-U-D-D, is a podcast between me and my brother. And it's more or less just every episode we bring on a guest who we know, uh, who has probably a very different career, different interests, different hobbies. And we just chat with them. It's about an hour long each episode. And it's just an opportunity to just kind of Shoot the shit. Um, we've had a lot of people with a lot of different interests, people living in different parts of the world. Uh, we've had guests from Singapore and Portland, Oregon and Boston and Buffalo and Texas. And it's just kind of fun. So um, if you're interested in that kind of thing and you're interested in it, check it out. Uh, Between Two Studs. Uh, we also have twostuds.com, believe it or not. Uh, I love own- your email address. What I don't even know what it is. What is it? It is between at two studs, which I think is just brilliant. It's oh, so brilliant. I love that. Between at two studs.com. And that's for people who want to have questions, who want to get them announced on the air. So, yeah, check it out. Uh, but I got to say, Ruben, this is a lot of fun. I love your podcast. I love what you and Adam are doing. I'm honored to be a guest. And I certainly want you both to keep it up and let me know when you have a full episode dedicated to chick flicks because i want to listen i will will. guys thank you so much for tuning in once again you can find us on instagram at guys who cry official that's guys who cry official and alex we actually took the plunge and we're on tiktok now that's right guys who cries on tiktok and it's actually guys who cry 2396 guys who cry official 2396 because guys who cry official was taken why why, what's 2396 so that's the uh that's the house number of my house (laughs) i love that so we have a couple videos out there we're still trying to get used to it uh check us out guys thank you so much for tuning in and i'll try to do adam justice here be entertained